since we're stuck uh, in our homes, we've been spending time by playing a fuck ton of video games. Um, what games were we playing, Miles? Ah, well, I got um, my VR came last week, and nice. my Alex came. Or I didn't come. I fucking bought it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So I played some Alex. Played some Beat Saber. Played some Skyrim VR. I'll mod it up. Mm-mm. I'm staying the fuck away from Skyrim until uh, Requiem gets updated for Skyrim Special Edition. Hopefully later this year. Hopefully. I don't know. I tried to look on the subreddit. I didn't see. I didn't see what you were talking about about them. About the devs talking about about converting it to to Special Edition. It's actually a very strange uh, modding politics kind of thing. Uh, essentially, for a very long time, the, uh, the, the team behind Requiem did not want to make a Skyrim Special Edition version because Requiem includes many uh, smaller mods inside of it. The developers will have to contact authors of uh, every single individual mod and ask them mm. for permission. And that is that is logistically uh, impossible, I guess. Yeah. But uh, something something made them something made them change their mind, and uh, the lead developer repeatedly stated that they are going to think uh, that I think they are already working on the version of Requiem for Skyrim Enhanced Edition. Yeah. Which is that uh, great. That makes sense. Yeah, whatever. Fuck. Who cares? <laughs> so I've been, play- <laughs> I've been playing. I've been playing the Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, yeah? Uh, a game that uh, was released, I think it was in uh, 2014. Yes, it was released originally in April 2014, and uh, it was absolute dog shit. Yeah, I remember, we, didn't we play the beta or something like that? Yes, yes, remember, uh, yeah, I, I remember us playing the beta and uh, making fun of it endlessly. Nobody liked that shit game, but supposedly, supposedly, it got better. Allegedly. Allegedly, it's, it's been clawing its way out of the grave. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually quite popular now. Yeah. One of the most, it's in like top 30, I think, most played games on Steam. Damn. Speaking of which, speaking of uh, some of the most played games on Steam, War Thunder is uh, somewhere in there in like top 20. Oh, is it now? That's that's ironic because I've been playing a lot of War Thunder lately. We've been playing that dog shit Russian game, yes. Uh, Awful, terrible, free-to-play vehicular combat multiplayer game like it's uh, defined in Wikipedia. Well, at least it's better than that other Russian-made shitty online multiplayer vehicle combat. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me, World of Tanks is not a Russian game. It's Belarusian. It's different. Oh my god! Put a, um, put a fancy bell on on it then. Yes, yes. To be to be perfectly honest, um, there's almost no difference whatsoever. You know, Ukrainians are genuinely culturally different. I feel like they have a very uh, very different recent cultural experience compared to Russians, and they have their own language that is very well developed. Belarusians, though, oh, <laughs> I'm not even sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but they all pretty much speak Russian, and um, yeah, I am yet to meet a single person who would speak Belarusian language. <laughs> so, we, so yeah, War Thunder. Yeah, it's a um, it's a game. Um, it's a gamey game, yes. I would define it as a pop simulator almost. There is a, a surprisingly sophisticated damage modeling in War Thunder, both for aircraft and for tanks. Yeah. And for ships, I guess. 
Yeah, you, you brought up a, a good comment the other day where it's it's reminiscent of Mech Warrior mm-hmm. more than uh, like a game like World of Tanks. There are three difficulty uh, modes in War Thunder, and one of them is very arcadey, and the last one is almost a full simulation. Although even in sim mode, War Thunder controls are very simple. The game is very easy to learn. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank God. Although it would be interesting yeah. if they actually did go like a full tank simulator mode I've, I've played those before in the past it can be interesting but i don't think that's really doable in a multiplayer space yeah well, s- such a game cannot be uh in top 20 most played games on steam that's no. for sure for sure but yeah it's it's it's, it's getting pretty popular i guess uh, but I, honestly the past month most games are getting more popular than they were before yeah yeah so i wonder how much that's... that has to do with it mm-hmm. what else did we play Oh yeah, I totally forgot. Yeah, I played some Daisy as well. Again, another game who's been clawing itself back from the fucking dead. It was stuck in early access for something like five years, I think. Yeah, well, it was. It was yeah, it was when it first released as a standalone. It was a complete letdown, and I, I got it because um, I played the original mod for Arma Arma Two. Yeah, I remember. I, I played the mod with you. I think just a little bit. Like yeah. I think I spent just. A, few hours with the mod. Uh, Daisy originally was a mod for uh, Czech realistic military shooter game Arma 2. Yeah. And Daisy is sort of significant because it essentially invented that genre of um, zombie survival multiplayer FPS game. Yeah. How the fuck do you define that? I don't know. Um... Uh, games like Rust then subsequently iterated on the formula and Rust still remains phenomenally popular game uh, and then it spread to games like PUBG. i don't think would have would have come around without uh, without daisy because it, it kind of just took the zombies out of the equation and made it a big huge map multiplayer yeah. battle royale and then of course it came down to fortnite the cancer of a generation <laughs> i've never played fortnite my kid forced me to play it with him a couple of times and it's the dumbest shit maybe it's because i'm an old man now but mm. fuck that shit fuck anyone who plays it it's fucking stupid fuck ninja fuck that blue haired piece <laughs> of shit just fuck it all just having said that i never actually played PUBG. but yeah it's ironic uh daisy spawned all of this mm. this kind of sub genre of games but it itself failed spectacularly no no it didn't it's so like oh, yeah uh, yeah it sold more than 3 million copies in uh, early access alone. But it wasn't that much of a, an improvement over the mod, and it took forever for them to start rolling out actual tangible updates. So I'm surprised it's still around because yeah. so many more games have come and gone after it that kind of eh, not really did the formula um, better, but differently. But I think it's still unique in in how in what it does. It's it's not like no other game has really come to replace it. Yes, this is because Daisy tapped into this uh, Slava Boo aesthetic, which uh, is a combination of dreary Eastern European locale and uh, Russian military equipment. I guess that's that's how I describe it. Yeah, it's got a uh, it has a real um, stalker vibe, real metro vibe. Yes, it. yes. It's not quite so urban, but especially Stalker. Um, playing Stalker is like playing uh, some kind of single-player story mode of Daisy. Yes. Ukrainians kind of uh, invented this uh, quote-unquote Russian aesthetic of... Uh... Yeah, I don't think it's quite 
I, I wouldn't agree that it's all about military because like in Day Z, there's yeah. no yeah. military really. It's it's more ironically Half Life does this as well. Like yes. <laughs> and so like it's weird because when I'm playing Day Z, I kind of like recognize elements of Half Life, Half Life Two design, and like being this post-apocalyptic, like really rundown, shitty Eastern European. My culture is not a costume. (laughs) My culture is not a fun deathmatch environment (laughs) for you foreign savages. No, no, you're completely right. But I think it's, at least for me, it's like if it was run down New York City or something like that, it'd be a lot more boring. It would feel generic, yes. Yeah, Yeah. it would feel generic. But it being like slightly exotic locale or slightly different locale, and it adds substance. It feels authentic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So ironically, I'd like I'd love to see a uh, a Half Life Two version of DayZ, like a mod that replaces all the zombies with head crab zombies and shit. How is uh, how is the modern DayZ Miles? Um, it's actually come a long way. Um, I was sh- I haven't played it pretty much since within a year after it first released. Um, I don't remember when it first came out. What was that? Twenty twelve, maybe. I think twenty thirteen, something like that. Um, yeah, it's it's improved. Uh, it's improved quite dramatically. Um, they've actually transitioned to a new version of the engine called um, Infusion. Um, they're using the Infusion engine now, which is based, of course, on uh, on Bohemian Interactive's uh, Arma engine, which I forget the name of. But it's massively improved in terms of performance, in terms of actual um, responsiveness. It's almost a new game. Um, they've also completely, well, not completely redone the map. They've expanded it, um, added a lot more towns and 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 villages and and all sorts of shit. So I mean, it's it's a, it's a much better product um while still still keeping what made it special in the first place which is it gives you this horrible sense of unease and anxiety and dread while you're playing it yeah that game was really fun with a squad of people yeah on comms yeah Uh, there was one i'm just gonna mention one one thing that happened in the game Um, Mm -hmm. i was creeping around uh not long after i spawned you spawn along the coast um, and i'd made my way inland a little bit Mm -hmm. and um followed this road that winded into a little valley and along this road, it wasn't quite a village, but there were a, few, a couple of houses. Uh, there was like a sawmill or some kind of lumber mill, lumber yard or some shit like that. But in the middle of this area was a fucking cow in the middle of the road and it was just mooing. They have cows in Russia? They Apparently they do. Apparently cows have survived the Russian post-apocalypse. Mm, interesting. But it was the sound design is another thing that this game does really well. And the sound of it, like you could hear it for, felt like miles. Um, as just like, just low wailing moo, just echoing through the forest. And then I come out into the clearing into this, this area along the road. And it's just, it's just sitting there in the middle of the road mooing. And it was like, this, it gave me like a sick feeling in my stomach almost. Where it's like, this is fucked up. And like I've played games where, you know, you, you see bodies get sawn in half and people e- eating their own livers and shit. But that's not really as unsettling as this, as a single lone cow longingly mooing in the middle of an abandoned Russian town. Interesting fact about Russian culture is that Russians actually have multiple words for cow because, you know, cows played a very important role in their culture historically, you know. Another thing Russians have a lot of words for is being fucked in the ass in prison-like environment. There are at least five ways to say that. <laughs> to highlight different aspects of the process. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, Daisy, I might buy this on, on the sale, or I, I might not. The modern video game industry is uh, weird in that respect. AAA games are kind of all shit now. 
But at the same time, there are many, there are so many games coming out that there is just no way you have enough time to play all the good ones. Like ever, yeah. you're not going to play all the good ones. Yeah, I think um, an interesting parallel. Um, I forget exactly what he said, but Max Landis, you know who he is, right? Oh, that guy. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was making some commentary about the state of the movie industry now and how back in his youth, which was, I guess, the 80s or whatever. Isn't he like our age? Or is yeah. he older than us? I don't know. I, I think he might be a bit older. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure. But anyway, he was saying how like in the past, uh, more unique movie ideas would, would, would come out and stuff. Yeah. Back when there weren't so many movies and movie makers. But now there's everyone can make a fucking movie and there's just, just yeah. an oversaturation of basically every kind. Well, yeah, it's the absolute size of the industry have increased yeah. significantly. This is even more true for video games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a good development. This is this is fine. Yeah, it's both good and bad because I mean, it's probably just rose tinted glasses and the grass is greener and and all that. But I don't get the same feeling from most games that I used to. But I guess it's just because I'm older. Just but because like, you are not a little baby anymore. But yeah, I don't know because like. For example, playing Morrowind, that game like molded me. That changed me. That changed the, the the chemical makeup of my brain. But like playing like Skyrim did not. And I, I think a lot of people will just easily say, oh, Skyrim's not as good. It's not as deep. And it isn't. It isn't. But, but to be perfectly honest, Skyrim with Requiem Mod installed is a fantastic game. I think it's... It's more than just the mechanics, though. It's also, I don't know, the atmosphere. Of, in terms of world building, Morrowind is, un, is simply unprecedented. No, there is nothing quite like it. And there was nothing quite like it made uh, afterwards, you know. Yeah. Still to this day. <laughs> yeah, to this day. Because I mean, just the, the idea that you're you're playing as this like minority fighting against a white people occupation of your land, and and that all those politics going on, and then you go to like Oblivion. It was just so whitewashed. I have yes. a very negative post impression of Oblivion, and then Skyrim. Skyrim is a little bit better. It's a, it's a bit better. It had a bit more nuance to it, but still not not that much. It was still just a bunch yes. of fucking white people. Yes, but uh, Nord culture in Skyrim is it's interesting. Like it's it's not quite as uh, fascinating as Dunmer culture in Morrowind, no. but uh, there is some soul to to Nords. Yeah, a little bit more more than fucking Cyrodiil, that's for sure. Speaking of which, is the Imperial City is Cyrodiil still locked behind a paywall? In Elder Scrolls Online? The Imperial race is still locked behind the paywall, but Cyrodiil itself gets like a PvP arena or some dumb shit like that. Okay. To be fair, who the fuck wants to play as stupid-ass fucking Imperials in any of these games? That's the most lib choice of culture that there is. Yeah. If you're a Nazi, you play as Nords, right? Mm -hmm. If you are, I don't know, like an anime fan, you play as Khajiit. You become a cat. <laughs> if you're a sophisticated uh, understander of culture, you play as Dunmer. Or if you're woke, you play as orcs. Yes. They're super interesting. And it's, I think they would be an amazing focus for like a Morrowind style. There is an orc focused DLC for the Elder Scrolls Online that I haven't tried yet. Yeah. Didn't they release Orsinium or something like that? Yes. And supposedly it's... Uh, in fact, when uh, the Elder Scrolls Online was first released, it was met with universal ridicule. But then a few years later, Bethesda... Well, not Bethesda. Uh, Zenimax Online, I think, uh, is the name of the studio. Yeah. Uh, the development 
development studio, they acknowledged their mistakes and they essentially completely remade certain key mechanics of uh, the Elder Scrolls Online. It used to be a World of Warcraft clone where you pick a side, a political side, and you cannot interact with the other side's content in any way, essentially. Mm-hmm. But then they remade it into something called uh, Tamriel Unlimited, where... Mm-hmm. No matter what race you pick, no matter what side you pick, you have access to all content uh, for any faction at any time. I mean, that's nice, I guess. Yeah, that's nice. Well, the, the one thing that's, that's kept me away from ESO is it seems complicated. What do you mean complicated? I mean, I mean, it's certainly full of these, you know, scam mechanics. I was looking at what I needed to actually buy in order to start playing. Essentially, every time they release a new uh, large expansion, and there have been quite a few large expansions, all the previous uh, expansions get downgraded to DLC status, and they get sold as one package on Steam for quite low price. Uh, I think I paid something like 500 rubles or some shit. That's not a whole lot of money. And also, I, I was confused with what the, the version of premium or, or, or whatever they want to call it, where you have access to some things as they're released, but not others. And you know, This game is incredibly greedy, and uh, but it's not quite as unfair as War Thunder or World of Tanks, where they will use every trick in the book to uh, extract money from you. The Elder Scrolls Online is more fair, I guess. You can have an almost a complete, uh, almost a complete experience with relatively small investment. I bought Morrowind, Somerset, and uh, the Kajiti expansion elsewhere for relatively modest amount of money. Mm-hmm. I am yet to experience Morrowind or Somerset. I've been playing the Kajit part, and I'm not sure if I'm going to keep playing or not. I have very uh, mixed feelings about the game. It would be fun to experience Morrowind, but every time I log in to the Elder Scrolls Online, I am asking myself if I should just reinstall Skyrim instead or install Project Tamriel for Morrowind uh, and play that instead. It's a lot more fun, to be honest. What was the name of that mod for, for Skyrim that added a new province? What was the name of that mod for Skyrim that added a new province or some shit? There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them? Yeah, there's a fuck ton of them. I didn't know this. I, I, I completely hadn't heard of this. It's called Beyond Skyrim. Yeah, because I, I heard about that recently. Beyond Skyrim is, uh, is a project that includes several mods that are at the different stages of completion. And uh, they actually, the Bruma part, Bruma is a Cyrodiil, I think. Yeah. That one is uh, completely playable. It's in a great state. There are dozens of hours of content there already, so... So that's pretty interesting. I'd like to, I'd like to see an expanded Skyrim, expanded Elder Scrolls experience. And it's completely rational to dislike uh, MMOs because MMO gameplay is always shit. It's yeah. always complete shit, one hundred percent of the time. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far, but I'd say the MMO experience is very different from like the actual Elder Scrolls experience. Yeah, I don't think yes. the two would blend. Mm-hmm. very well together. That's why I've always been kind of staying away from ESO. You know, it's such a strange thing because when I'm playing The Elder Scrolls Online, I am asking myself, what the fuck am I doing with my life? This is <laughs> so ridiculously not fun. This is so not engaging. 
the characters are boring, the writing is poor, the visual style is messy. The visual style of The Elder Scrolls Online reminds me of these shitty DC movies that have overcomplicated superhero costumes with too many details, too many angles, too many parts. Mm -hmm. It's awful. But then I press Alt F4, I go do something else, and 10 minutes later I want to log in and to play the game again. Why? Because this game is incredibly psychologically manipulative. (laughs) Every time you do something, there is some sort of a quantified variable that is increasing. You kill monsters, you gain money and experience. Uh, Your skills keep improving. You gain levels. You successfully complete research projects on the crafting bench or whatever the fuck. You progress the storyline. You get rare items and so on and so forth. This makes the process of playing the game incredibly addictive psychologically. But there is nothing to it. The actual story is horrible. It's not really that interesting to follow. The world is in elsewhere, at least, expansion. It's not quite as bad as uh, as the core experience, but it's still not particularly interesting to explore. It doesn't feel real. It's one of those fantasy worlds where they have a set number of trash mobs every N meters. You fight the same pack of shitty, unfun monsters every 45 seconds or so. It's miserable. For me, one of the most jarring experiences of MMOs is how scaled up everything environmentally is. You can't have just a staircase that's maybe three or four feet wide. It has to be fucking 30 feet wide. Oh, yes. It's a gigantic fuck-off staircase. Yeah, and I get it. Like They need to be able to, to, to handle having hundreds of players in this space at the same time, but it just completely blows my immersion. Yes. So I, it's supposed to be this little quiet, discreet staircase up to like a secret tower or some shit, and it's fucking 40 meters wide. I absolutely hate and despise that. Strangely enough, World of Warcraft is a little bit better in this respect compared to the Elder Scrolls Online. It is. It still suffers the same problem, yeah. Yeah, it does, but the thing, like, with Warcraft, with World of Warcraft at least, they started out with that. Like, they've been carefully evolving their their designs for like a decade or more. And there's no frame of reference before where it's like, you know, we played Skyrim, we played Oblivion and Morrowind and stuff, and then we see it translated into MMO. And it's shockingly mm-hmm. horrible. Yes. But WoW was always like that. You know, there's also this disconnect between that unrealistic environment design and the realistic looking character models. Yeah, that's another thing I think is in WoW's favor. It's, it's very cartoonish, but it's consistent. Yes. Across mm-hmm. the board. Everything from a fucking table or a chair to your character looks like it's designed in the same style. And they live in the same world, even if it's a cartoon world. Yes. Whereas Elder Scrolls, you have these detailed, realistic, cool-looking character models like you'd see in Skyrim, and then this fucking 40-foot-wide sidewalk. Yes, it's just... It sucks. Uh, but yeah, no, what we were talking about before, that's the old carrot in the stick. Carrot on the stick. That's basically why I play War Thunder and World of Tanks. You're always like, well, this is kind of fun, but it better be more fun if like, I, I upgraded or I, I unlocked the, the next best gun and then... Sure, sure. Using Skinner boxes uh, in game design, that's that's a common uh, thing. It's not even a particularly evil design or anything like that. No. But some games, some games overdo it. Shitty, awful phone games are especially guilty of this. And of course, uh, free-to-play MMOs are... They survive uh, on manipulating your brain chemistry, basically. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, uh, they survive and they thrive on uh, creating a bunch of shitty experiences and then tricking your brain into thinking that uh, these experiences are actually good. 
Yeah, they start out by giving you little pieces of chocolate, and then they start adding more and more sawdust into the chocolate. Well, if you pay us $10, then for two weeks, we'll go back to the original chocolate. I'll be good again. Uh, the first hostile creature I killed in Elsewhere with my Nightblade character was a dragon. <laughs> the Elsewhere story in The Elder Scrolls Online is about uh, the dragons returning and terrorizing the, the Khajiit people. And uh, Khajiit, the cat-like race of in The Elder Scrolls world, they organized into an army called Kajiti Defense Force. Which <laughs> oh my god. Made me smile, I'm not gonna lie. What are they doing with the dragons, though? Uh, have dragons just been turned into, like, any other mob now? They're not even special anymore? They've taken that? To be fair, Miles, they are special. They still speak in their dragon tongue, like in Skyrim. Yeah. They're kind of dangerous, but because in uh, The Elder Scrolls Online, the way the game is designed, all monsters are scaled to your level. So even if you're a level one character, you can still damage a dragon, especially if there's like 40 other people attacking him, uh, attacking him. So. You know what? Now that you bring that up, that reminds me of another reason I really love Morrowind is because from what I can remember, they didn't do much level scaling. level scaling except they for did do it a little bit when you're first starting out if you headed up to red mountain you get fucking smoked yes and there were areas of the map where they just had stronger enemies yes yes russians have like 10 different ways to express what will happen to you <laughs> in the red mountain <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but yeah i remember oh yeah i remember when oblivion came out that was my, the number one reason why i was disappointed with it because everything was everything was level aggressively level scaled yes yeah oblivion is absolutely legendary for yeah. having terrible terrible creature scaling yeah and then you'd start going into caves and stuff and raiders would be all decked out in like glass or fucking daedric armor yes yeah i hated that i hated that terrible and, and i remember in morrowind I mean, this could be a criticism, but I remember in Morrowind, I, I, I started gaming it. So I headed up to, what was the name of that outpost at the, at the gate um, to Red Mountain? Ghost Gate. Ghost Gate. Yeah, I'd head up to Ghost Gate because I, I think I watched a video or I read on, online because this was before YouTube, I think. In, in Ghost Gate, there were ways that you could easily steal some really pretty high armor, some glass armor and stuff. Yeah. In one of the Ordinator Towers, I believe. Yeah. So I'd always go there and on a new character, grab the loot, sell it, have tons of money starting out. The kind of game did a little bit, but I still I still appreciated that. Whereas in Skyrim or Oblivion, you go there right off the bat and there'd be like a fucking like rat tail sitting on the desk instead of ebony plate armor. In Morrowind's defense, that door, that vault where the ordinators kept their expensive glass armor, it was locked with the lock strength 100, so it's not actually accessible from level 1. Yeah. You need to buy a scroll of uh, open lock somewhere. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what I did. I just remember heading up to Ghostgate. And another thing, speaking of ordinators, I really appreciated in Morrowind how overpowered the guards were. <laughs> For some reason, I really liked that. It reminded me of um, old multi-user domain games I used to play when I was a kid. Multi-user dungeon, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah MUDs. Where, like, if you committed a crime, you'd instantly get fucking nuked by the town guards or whatever. So I actually like that. Yes. Whereas in, like, Skyrim at level one, you can you can kill, like, five guards at once. Mm. I've never actually attacked guards in Skyrim, I don't think. Oh, another thing that I really disliked in The Elder Scrolls Online is that all the classes have LARPy names. Instead of a uh, warrior, you have Dragon Knight. Oh, my God. Instead of a rogue, you have Nightblade. 
And uh, that is incredibly stupid and cringy. I remember that. Especially when you select Dragon Knight and uh, the description says that a Dragon Knight is a warrior who is uh, uh, indoctrinated in the, in the ancient ways of Akavir or some shit like that. And the problem with that is that this is a very specific culture, the specific role in the fictional history of the Elder Scrolls. But what if you don't want to play as uh, as an Akaviri warrior? Can you just pick a normal warrior? I mean, that's uh, that's a little. No, either you studied the way of the Akaviri blade, or you fucked off. Yeah. Like, you can't play as a rogue, you can only play as a Nightblade, which is a rogue sorcerer that can pull a Diedric Dagger. It doesn't matter which, which weapon you have equipped, you can always attack with Diedric Dagger, it's your special ability. Yeah, part of the, the allure of the Elder Scrolls series is that you can, to varying degrees up between the different games, mold your character exactly how you want him. Part of the allure of the Elder Scrolls series is that you can create a Dunmer Rogue or a Dunmer warrior or dunmer sorcerer yeah and really like you, you could create a dunmer anything that's it's yeah. fascinating yeah. i heard that some people create non-dunmer races but personally i've been playing uh, the elder scrolls games for over 20 years and i've never made a non-dunmer so this is all theoretical for me i have when i played skyrim i wanted to be a purist um and i played a nord i actually like doing that like for for morrowind yes for morrowind you have to be a night elf or you're not playing the game. Skyrim, in its defense, actually does illustrate a complicated relationship between Dunmer and Nord ethnicities. There is uh, there is some racism going on, and it's interesting to interact with that uh, uh, sophisticated um, environment. I agree, but for my purist Stormcloak playthrough, and I believe this was before Bloodborne, or no, not Bloodborne, Dragonborn, was released, was I played as a Skyrim, Skyrim nationalist, went through the story as a Stormcloak. Uh, Nazi detected. I just wanted to experience why someone would choose that, that's all. Yeah, no, uh, I, I understand. I actually did, uh, I almost completed a playthrough of my Dunmer uh, sorcerer who also joined the Stormcloaks. And it was interesting to try to rationalize to yourself why such a character would uh, do such a thing. But frankly, I just really did not like the Empire. Yeah, well... Because they almost killed me. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, why would you go back to them? But but as for a Dunmer joining the Stormcloaks, I mean, there were Ukrainians and Russians who tried to join the Nazis, so... Well, a lot of them, yes. Yeah, so it happens. I mean... But um, no, the other, the other, uh, yeah, so I played a purist, I played a Nord to go through the Stormcloaks, and I played an Orc. Because in my personal opinion, at least in Skyrim, Orcs are the way to go. Because then you, you out-beef the Nords, but you're still like a, you're still like a, a minority. You're still like a, like a not, not just a minority, but you're probably treated even worse than the, the Dunmer. Hmm, maybe. I'm not, I'm not actually sure what the Nord or relations are. I'm not sure specifically Orc Nord, but I know the Orcs have like, I mean, they've had their, their city sacked like 17 times or something like that. Like everyone yeah, that's normal. Yeah. constantly trying to come and genocide them out of existence. Yeah, and this is why they're quite loyal to the multinational imperial state. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and actually one thing I really liked in Skyrim was how they had the, um, the orc stronghold. That was really cool. They were more like little orc dachas or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
but it's still it showed the, like how they're 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 kind of separate society that you could yeah. play as you could role play as i i appreciated that pretty much all uh settlements in skyrim are tiny and uh that by itself is really very immersion breaking. That's probably number one thing that I don't yep. like about the game. Almost everything else can be fixed and was fixed, in fact, with mods. Yep. But uh, making realistically large settlements, that, that's almost impossible. Yeah, that, that goes for, for pretty much every Bethesda game. I remember Fallout 3. I actually started some mods to expand the, the Fallout 3 settlements because they, yes. they were even worse. Yes. Like there was... um. There were Derby towns that had three people in them, and they were supposed to be huge-ass cities. Yes, I remember downloading your mod that uh, expanded the shitty-ass vampire settlement in Fallout 3. That was, God, fucking vampires. <laughs> Fallout. <laughs> It's the most Bethesda thing ever, yes. Yeah, it pretty much is. But yeah, that's. I remember when I first played the Assassin's Creed series, and they had huge cities with hundreds of people. A much better example would be GTA series. I was going to go there, but I was looking more, keeping it fantasy, all right, keeping it non-modern. But yeah, GTA is another great example. You know, you have these enormous cities with millions of fucking people in them, practically. Um, but no, Bethesda, they really hit gold with Morrowind. And then since then, they've kind of been trying to re make a repeat, but not really. They've been slowly degrading. <laughs> yes. yeah, it's not that they've been degrading it's that they've been falling behind like they're sticking to the same formula and trying to fancy it up as much as possible but yeah they've been also chasing trends yeah the elder scrolls online was supposed to be a wow killer it was the last big wow killer actually and uh yeah. while it didn't succeed it didn't really fail either like this game is it's not a dying game that's what i'm saying yeah bethesda also went for uh PUBG money with uh yeah is it PUBG or is it rust money i think it's more like PUBG mixed with fallout 4 because they've kind of got yeah yeah fallout 76 is uh is part rust part fallout 4 part PUBG. yeah and i'm pretty sure nobody plays the actual PUBG mode like ever no everyone pretty much just groups up with friends and and or plays it single player as just a fallout game with no npcs but but speaking of which, they actually just released their latest uh, yeah. update called Fallout 76 Wastelanders, which apparently adds NPCs. Yeah, I watched uh, I watched somebody play the Wastelanders patch and... Uh, yeah. These are my thoughts so far. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I remember like the huge amount of controversy during when it was announced during E3 or wherever, mm -hmm. and how um, it came out at, like immediately afterwards that most of the most of the crowd were Bethesda employees screaming and hollering and, and clapping and applauding when it was announced, um, which I thought was kind of shifty. But I mean, it's no one asked for this. Like literally, no one in the world asked for this game. Yeah, I can see the appeal. I can also see that they were trying to go m get money if it wasn't still triple A priced at. Well, it's not actually. It's fifty-five dollars for me. Yes, which isn't that bad, but still too much. Yes, it'd have yeah. to be under forty for me to even consider getting it. It's going to be forty. Oh, probably less than that on the next big sale. It's yeah. I have confidence that this is going to be the case because it's a pretty old game now. I know you're not that much of a, a Bethesda Fallout fan because you you've played the old school uh, isometric RPGs. Yes, I'm quite a hater of Bethesda. Yeah, but I I enjoyed them. To a degree. I enjoyed playing Fallout 4 with a survival a mode official DLC. I thought it was quite fun. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the most important game we played. The worst game we've played this week, and that is Thunder of War. You know, I'm pretty sure it's the most successful Russian game ever after Tetris. Is it? I think it, mu it must Wait, be. Wait, Tetris it's was Russian? 
the fuck? Yeah. I don't know if I'd go that far. I would actually unironically go that far because there aren't that many successful Russian games. Yeah, you might be right. A Stalker, Ukrainian. Metro, Ukrainian. That's true. World of Tanks, Belarusian. World of Warships, Belarusian. Um, yeah. That's true. I do I do tend to internally lump you all together. <laughs> From what I've seen, um, War Thunder gets less shit for being Russian than World of Tanks does, even though World of Tanks isn't. I think that there is still some idiots complaining about supposed Russian bias. I haven't seen any... I mean, I've seen it mentioned, but it almost seemed like referential. It seems like people are making fun of themselves almost. Yeah, I have known, like looking at the server numbers, like when we were playing... Um, how tier one is absolutely bumfuck dominated by Germans, but tier like late tiers are dominated by Russians. Yes. Yeah, that was uh, not late tiers. Specific tier, I think it was like tier three or something or four. I think it was four or five. Four or five. On the, on the subreddit, everyone's complaining about the SDK of said 234 one spam that we experienced firsthand. Mm. I bitched about it even. I posted in a thread saying that I tried what to What is my- that? What is that? It's like a German armored vehicle, basically. Yeah, it's the armored car with an auto, with a 20 millimeter auto cannon. Yes, and people use it to farm newbies in uh, low tier games. Yeah, it's a seal clubbing tank. But mm-hmm. I, I saw mention of it being a limited time only. So maybe it's some special event that I'm not aware of because I just started playing like a few days ago. So, are War Thunder players still terrible subhumans? Yes, but they're like chimpanzees who have learned sign language. Mm. To be perfectly honest with you, I know that you are not going to agree with this, but I like minute-to-minute gameplay in World of Tanks a lot more. I think that game is a lot more uh, intelligent, I guess, in a sense that you get to make more decisions in World of Tanks. Yeah, it's definitely, I'd agree. Like, I'm not shooting, I've played far more World of Tanks than I have War Thunder, and they're both shit games. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like a shit after eating some curry and a shit after eating some Mexican food. Like, it stinks. <laughs> no matter what, it's just a different kind of stink. After playing World of Tanks for God knows how many hours, like 30,000 games almost I have, I felt like having a little bit different experience, and War Thunder gives you that. Like, it's not better, it's not worse, I don't think. It's just different. Because of the pop simulationist nature of War Thunder, I feel there is a certain value to War Thunder. When I play a video game that requires considerable time investment, a game that you will play for hundreds of hours, potentially for thousands of hours, a game that you will eventually you will pay hundreds of dollars uh, in uh, subscription fees, in DLCs and so on and so forth. It's interesting to think about if something like that is... If something like that has some kind of a positive side to it, or is it purely detrimental? Is it pure time sink? Is it pure entertainment? What do you actually get from War Thunder? You know, there is obviously some value in uh, you being entertained. Realistically, you should probably have uh, a few hours every day dedicated to entertainment, so you're not going to go insane in late capitalism, right? Yep. Makes sense. But do you get anything else? Do you get, is there some sort of a higher value to that experience rather than pure entertainment? And I think, I think there is. Um, pop simulationist nature provides this value because by playing War Thunder, you get to learn a lot about tanks and about tank tactics, about aircraft, how aircraft work, how aircraft were used historically. There is a certain, I wouldn't say that it has educational value, but uh, I mean, there is something. There's something, but I think for me, 
and I think for most people probably it's um like what you were talking about for ESO. It's that that dopamine release of of advancing of constantly being baited forward by carrot and stick design, always wanting to unlock the next best thing, always wanting to progress that way. Plus, same as any multiplayer competitive game where, you know, the euphoric high of blasting a motherfucker off the map, yes. of besting him in combat is next to none. Obviously, these games, they use uh, various uh, design tricks to manipulate your brain chemistry to release dopamine, and this makes them so addictive. Uh, that's fine. I can recognize that the game has these qualities, and I can consent to them. When I'm playing War Thunder, I'm, I'm being perfectly conscious of this, and I'm consenting to my brain chemistry being manipulated. But I'm still asking for some sort of a higher experience on top of that, and I kind of did get it by playing War Thunder and by playing World of Tanks. I get to learn a lot about military history. I've read crazy amount of articles. I've watched yeah. documentary videos. I participated in discussions. And I feel all that is worth something. Not really sure if it, if it was worth paying however much money uh, that I spent on these games over the years. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's worth the money either. But yeah, pretty much the same. I mean, um, originally I was I was really interested in World War II. Then I totally, I've just permanently burned out on that. I hate World War II things now. Well, not hate them, but they, they've lost their interest. And, and I'm really into Cold War, early Cold War military hardware, especially tanks and, and weaponry and stuff. And that's the big draw for me for World of Tanks and War Thunder. And that's what I'm shooting for in War Thunder is to get up to those uh, like T-54s and 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 m48 patents and all that stuff learning about them and how they work and how they feel when i'm in them playing around role-playing as as a as a as an apache helicopter you identify as an apache helicopter i role play as one i don't identify as one uh, yes oh that one joke that just never stops getting funny yes yes the one joke they've planted the seed and it just keeps sprouting every year in War Thunder, they I think I think they progressed uh, up to the '90s now, if, if I remember correctly. Yeah, in the last few months, they've released uh, helicopters. Um, they're up to uh, they're not quite up to T90. They're 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 up to the T80U and the M1A1 Abrams, which I believe is from the '90s. And I've heard I don't know if it's released, but I've heard I think dev blogs um, about the M1A2. So they're getting they're they're almost at modern day. And yeah. That's pretty, I mean, I don't really give a shit. Like I said, my I like the Cold War spiel, the early Cold War spiel, because I know everyone's about like the 80s, late Cold War um, kind of thing. But for me, it's all about the 1960s. Do you think we're going to see Soviet laser tanks in War Thunder? The laser weapons that they had, they weren't, uh, they weren't designed to uh, destroy armor, but... I think they might be effective against light vehicles or against uh, flyers, possibly. I'm not sure. Weren't they mainly for messing with the electronics, though, and the uh, the sensors and cameras? I'm pretty sure, yes, they were. Yeah, yes, I don't... I, with stuff like uh, air balloons and shit. Yeah, I don't think they would... I don't think they'd have a gameplay mechanic for that. You know, Miles, they actually have Katusha rockets in War Thunder, and these are not that useful against <laughs> armor either. That's true. That's true. But I know they're they're coming out with the javelin. Every a lot of people are excited about the javelin coming to War Thunder because it's going to be uh, the javelin in real life. I believe it's laser guided, but it has a an overhead attack profile where it's it, di yes. it goes above the tank and explodes downwards. And uh, tanks in in War Thunder and in real life are notorious for having absolutely shit armor on their roofs. So everyone's super excited about that. 
Cyprus is where Wargaming HQ is currently located, and the island is completely colonized by, by, by Wargaming <laughs> nerds. In Larnakar Airport, one of two major airports uh, on the island, uh, there, were, there are World of Tanks and World of Warships uh, ads absolutely everywhere on huge screens. The game is being advertised in Russian for some fucked up reason. I'm not sure why, but uh, I felt like I never left Russia. Well, congratulations, you've you've colonized your your colonial state. I imagine this is how Americans feel all the time, where they just see their own culture everywhere. Pre- uh, pretty much, or or they at least expect to see it everywhere. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Strange. Anyway, anyway, I just remembered something. I have been scrolling through a War Thunder Wikipedia article and I remembered about the existence of a weird-ass video game called Armored Warfare. Remember oh that one? Oh my god, yeah. I, I just thought of that like five minutes ago too. I was, I was waiting for an opportunity to bring it up. That fail, son. It was a very strange game because it was developed by Obsidian yeah. of Fallout New Vegas fame, but it was developed for a, a Russian company, uh, My.com. Was it developed for them or did they buy it? No, it was, I think, funded with their money or something like that. I have no idea why they picked Obsidian as, uh, you know, a, a studio to develop the game for them. But yeah, that was um, that was a weird, that was a weird game. Yeah, everything about that game is very strange. Yeah, I, I would say it was more directly a World of Tanks clone than um, than War Thunder. Well, War Thunder started out as an air simulator, so I mean, it wasn't a World of Tanks clone to begin with. But yeah. Um, Armored Warfare was. I remember they had like a lot of very similar mechanics and then their own spin on how to fix them, like specifically artillery in Armored Warfare was weird. I remember all our favorite YouTubers were playing Armored Warfare for a while and then they stopped like two months later and the game was completely forgotten. Oh, last 30 days, average players, 218. Wow. These are Steam stats. This game, I think, is mostly played from within my.com gaming client. I'm pretty sure that exists. Yeah, that's how I got it, because I'm looking at the entire history of uh, Armored Warfare on Steam. Even back in 2017, um, the peak player was 391. Yeah, basically nobody ever played it on Steam. That's Okay. Learn about this upcoming North Korean Tier 6 premium main battle tank. (laughs) Awesome. Oh, my God. They don't have that kind of shit in World of Tanks. Yeah, that was a big off-put, um, was this whole my, what, my dot games? Yeah, it's like a scammy company. Yeah, just scammy, sketchy, fucking, like, web browser yeah. vibe going on. Some shady-ass shit. Yeah, I think that, that hurt them, and uh, I'm surprised that they're still sticking with that instead of just... It is popular in Russia, I'm pretty sure, like... But yeah, I mean, at least like with wargaming, they do the same thing. Where, but it's wargaming. Like that's 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 a, a topical kind of name to put all your products around. But my dot fucking com. Does my mean something else in Russian? Does that mean like war? No, I think they just. I, I don't know why they chose that name. It's yeah, because it doesn't even make sense in English. Like my dot com. Yes. That it's it, it just it's, it's. So let's wrap this up by issuing recommendations and possibly ratings what was the first game we talked about i think it was daisy yeah it was daisy no, I think. no no we talked about some before that because you had to prod me to to, to remember daisy oh shit i forgot Although it might have been the might have been the first game we talked in depth about so whatever let's just start yeah. with daisy who cares whatever uh daisy do you recommend this game i would i would um 
uh, at the price it's currently at, um, I, I picked it up on sale. It was on sale uh, week before last or something like that. It's regularly on sale. I'm pretty uh, sure. Yeah, but right now it's at sixty bucks. Which no, don't buy it for sixty. Buy it at least fifty. I believe it was seventy percent off when I got it. So it was like fifteen bucks or something like that. Um, then I would definitely recommend it on sale because mm-hmm. it's pretty old now. Not it's not worth AAA game price. Like that's actually ridiculous now that I look at it. Yeah, holy fuck! I'm looking at it right right now, and yeah, it's a AAA price. It has something called Livonia DLC. What the fuck is that? Okay, okay. I think we might have to talk about. Well, okay, I'll just mention it. But I wanna I wanna talk about Arma Three in another in another video. But Livonia, yeah, um, Daisy Livonia. It uses the map Livonia from Arma 3's latest expansion uh, Contact um, that they made, which um, was this kind of Half Life esque Alien First Contact campaign released um for armor 3 is actually pretty interesting because it deals with um some u.s special forces in some fictional eastern european country that borders russia called livonia which i'm guessing is like a nod to lithuania or something yeah something like that yeah lithuania pretty much fits the bill um but yeah anyway aliens show up um in the middle of some like joint exercises or some shit and then the livonians go crazy and try to like attack it but then it goes around like doing emp bursts that knock out the whole country and then then you have to like go dodge livonian military units who are trying to arrest the americans because i think the americans tricked them into provoking a alien invasion some crazy shit um anyway it it was pretty interesting because that's you know it's fucking aliens in an armor game which is known for its real life um military simulator mm-hmm. and having you know this weird alien campaign of aliens coming to earth was kind of interesting anyway yeah that's what daisy Livonia uses that map for that mm-hmm. um but yeah so recommend on sale but not not at full price i might actually get it on sale the elder scrolls online uh, do i recommend it i'm not sure uh... The gameplay is absolutely terrible. The visuals, the art style is fucking dreadful. But on the other hand, it is sort of like uh, you do you do get to experience the world of Elder Scrolls. Uh, pretty much all of the Tamriel for a relatively modest investment, especially if you get it on sale. Like I said, you can get uh, Somerset, Morrowind, elsewhere chapters for not a whole lot of money, not a whole lot of raubles. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep playing this game, but I I think I might, if only because I want to finish uh, the Morrowind chapter and I want to play the Clockwork City DLC. Hmm. Morrowind fans might remember that the Clockwork City got kind of botched uh, in Morrowind Expansion Tribunal in the old expansion, in the old game. It was kind of shitty and really not that fun to explore. Yeah. But supposedly in the Elder Scrolls Online, it's a proper city with the proper quest lines, with Tribunal Gods characters present, available as quest givers. So all of this is uh, very interesting to me. So I might still, we might return to this game. Yeah. But do I recommend The Elder Scrolls Online as it is? I guess not. I guess it's not really that great of a game. As an aside, um, I remember recently I looked at some, uh, some photos from the Morrowind expansion in Elder Scrolls Online. It was actually kind of interesting to be able to compare, especially uh, Vivek. Yeah. Um, like yeah. Vivek, like being built in the game, so like some of the uh, the cantons covered in rafters and, and being constructed, and it was it was pretty cool to see uh, old Morrowind, my old Morrowind haunting grounds in in updated graphics. To be perfectly honest, graphics are not are not better than in Morrowind. If you would, especially if you would, you can install uh, like a modern graphics patch for Morrowind, and it will look pretty good. 
Yeah. It will look better than The Elder Scrolls Online, but unfortunately, the animations are still from the, from Old Morrowind, which are yeah. dreadful. <laughs> they are. They are awful. And that's... I remember, look, I remember uh, back when the game was originally released millions of years ago, I brought counterfeit Morrowind CD to my friend's house, made him install the game. The tutorial section where you are a prisoner in the ship. Quiet. Here comes the guard. Remember that scene? <laughs> I do. Uh, my friend turns to, turns our character's head around, and there is this the guard walking towards him with his goofy ass fucking animation <laughs> that is made by by a student. So my friend turns to me and just laughs at my face. <laughs> I made him install this game. Never before I experienced such humiliation. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, animations have never been something that Bethesda seems to have been able to do. Yes, even in Skyrim, even on release. The animations were an absolute embarrassment. Nothing synced up. They were better than in previous games, though. Fallout 3, it was still the same student making animations. He learned nothing. Yeah, but like compared to any other game that came out around the same time, they were dreadful. Yes. Like I remember the like the even right at the beginning, the 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 animations of people getting off the fucking cart looked like absolute shit. Like they they would they just clip right through it, like immediately, like within. 30 seconds of the game starting there's obvious clipping and horribly unsynced animations that they couldn't even be bothered to do properly <laughs> yes, yes remember in fallout 3 uh there was this section where you you, you get to visit uh, the virtual world oh my god the animation of your character getting into that pod it's like it's like something i made it's like something <laughs> It's like baby's first animation. That's, yeah. that's that's what it was. It's so terrible. Like the person who made this probably sleeps with some some sort of a Zenimax higher up. Like there must be some sort of nepotism going on or something There's else. Gotta be, yeah, because I don't understand how they can look at that and be like, okay, let's ship it. And and I don't think people are are, are giving them enough shit for this. Like their animations yes. are one of the worst in the industry. Yes. None of these old shitty games are playable without like a dozen of animation replacer mods. Yeah. <sighs> even even to the like when I was playing Skyrim VR and seeing the goofy fucking run that every NPC does when they have to run somewhere and they just do that that goofy little baby step thing. Yeah, combine that with classic Bethesda character AI when you have guards like randomly strafing in random directions when yeah. they fight you. <laughs> It's just, oh, it's such an experience. And then like Fallout 4, where like you run backwards if you go to the left, if you strafe to the left, instead of just turning your fucking legs and walking left, he'll run backwards. <sighs> Fuck Bethesda. Bethesda, man. Why do we, why, why, why do we as a civilization put up with their shit? <laughs> well, not for long. No. Fallout 76 wasn't exactly a success. No, they've got to step it up because they're, they're, they're starting to get left behind mm -hmm. as well. Um, what was the next game we talked about? Fuck, I don't... Ah, War Thunder. War Thunder. Um, I'd almost not recommend it, because... Yes! <laughs> I mean, are you stupid? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so if you, if, you, if you have the inclination to try War Thunder, go look at some videos first, and keep those videos in mind when you first play, because when you first play, you will fucking hate it, and it'll be the worst thing ever. Oh, yes, low tiers are such garbage I, in war thunder I, I thought world of tanks was bad but that was a unique experience in my life 
And thank God, it's pretty quick to get through. It's worth noting that uh, we're talking about uh, ground forces mode specifically, because yeah, yeah. aircraft in War Thunder are actually really fucking fun, even in low tiers, especially in low tiers. Fuck yeah. jets, fucking chikas all the way. Yeah, well, you're more the air air mode player. I, I didn't really like the airplanes. I like the ground stuff, but it has both. It has both. Um, either you play, it also has ship mode now. Yeah, uh, which I haven't tried. I haven't really, tried either. I'm not just really not, not too interested. Since this this isolation thing has been going on, I've been thinking about World of Tanks. I've been watching some quickie baby videos and some. World of Tanks is unironically a better game, like a much better game than War Thunder. Uh, full disclosure: my wife works at Wargaming. Yeah, so your your opinion is totally I'm biased. Sure. Funded by fucking the Russian Belarusian government. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll put that. We'll put that. Like, YouTube is going to put that at the bottom of the video. <laughs> yes, yes. This video is fake news spread on behalf yeah. of Lukashenko's regime. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 I'd actually agree. World of Tanks is a better game, better interface. It's more informative. It's more, more intuitive to play. Um, uh, the gameplay itself, I mean, it's, it's completely different. Like, World of Tanks, they have pretty simplistic armor system. Um, they have hit point pools, mm -hmm. um, whereas War Thunder, it's more slower paced and it has realistic ballistics and like there's no hit points. It also has sweet uh, shot feedback when it visualizes the damage that you did. Yeah, it has like a bullet time. What, what, what games had those? Um, I want to, not Mad Max. Uh, Sniper Elite had those. Sniper Elite, yes. It has a Sniper Elite fucking visualization of your shot, like slow mo yeah. splintering into hundreds of pieces that shotgun through the tank and like hit ammo racks and and shit like that yes that's, that's that was cool. that is genuinely well done yeah yeah that is there is a reason why war thunder is still uh going strong all those years later yeah and i never actually thought about that but that's probably one of the appeals you have that visceral visualization yeah without without it it would be it wouldn't really be that fun you know without no, feedback no. for your shots yeah Although I will say that um, when you die and it shows a playback of your own death and like the shots blasting through you, like that's not as fun. I hate fucking hate that. And that's what makes me rage. That's like immediately hit escape, return a fucking hanger. I don't want to see, I don't want to see my insides get turned into fucking jelly. Well, that's important for feedback too. So you can learn from your mistakes. I no, I, I, I yeah, I refuse to fucking yeah. I don't want to fucking learn from my mistakes. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to either. Fuck learning. <laughs> so you don't recommend War Thunder? No. Uh, um, I, like I said, I wouldn't recommend it unless you're actually interested in tanks. And War World of Tanks isn't your thing. <sighs> yes. Mm. We're gonna talk about some actual good games in the next episode, hopefully. Yeah, um, some Alex. Uh, I'm not finished yet, but I'd love to give my thoughts over that game. And do you do you like it? I do like it. I don't like it as much as I thought it was. It doesn't live up to the hype, but it, it's uh -oh. pretty, it's it's damn good. Like it's not like it was a disappointment. It's like oh, this is fucking good, but it's not the revolution. Mm. So it's not gonna. Well, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about this in the Alex episode, so... Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. See you guys in uh, hopefully less than a week. See you in hell or in communism. <laughs>